another episode of Standing 8. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, three-time world champion and boxing hall of famer, Jeff Finney. Great to be here, Paul. And the voice of Australian boxing, Ben Damon. Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, absolute pleasure to have a really special guest on the show today um, and huge thank you to him for coming on the show as well. Um, we are, of course, talking about the man who took Jeff Horn from a, being a bullied schoolboy to uh, beating Manny Pacquiao in one of the most famous victories in the history of Australian boxing, uh, Glenn Rushton. Glenn, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been a pretty difficult couple of weeks, obviously, for you and a really disappointing night uh, with Jeff Horn against Tim Zhu. Looking back, on that night, uh, what went wrong? Well, a number of things went wrong, you know, and what's frustrating is Jeff came to me early into camp and he had news about how he wanted to do this particular preparation. This was after the COVID thing. Everything went well through COVID. Jeff did some re rehab work with Chris Mucker, the strength and conditioning coach, who was very good in the rehab period and just getting Jeff's Achilles ride and balancing up his glutes and his hands and quads and just getting his whole drive train working well. But I was a little bit surprised when we went into the camp and Jeff wanted to do things a little bit different and use this science, as he was saying. And, you know, I, I mean, I always use science as a guide but not as gospel because as, as fighting trainers, you just know with your eyes when you look at someone whether they're right or not. And I was really concerned about... You know, he only wanted to do, for example, light sparring in this camp. And I said, you know, do you think you can train for a state of origin? That's just playing touch footy. And he said, yes. And I was a bit mortified with that. And I said, delusional, you can't, can't be done. But anyway, he wanted to do it his way. So there's some adjustments that were being made. Chris Market was very intent on recovery. All through this prep, it was all about recovery, recovery. And I said, you know, listen, when you work hard, you, at first you don't recover well, but your body adapts after two or three weeks. And even when you're training hard, you do recover a lot quicker. But, you know, it seemed to be um, – it was a tough camp because I felt where everything was being run through this committee. You know, the old days, the 17 fights, Jeff just said to me, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. You say jump 10 foot tall. Then for I, I'll just do it. And that's exactly what he did. And that, that system, that formula – worked beautifully. We went through 11 world-ranked opponents. Remember, Jeff beat Nafal Ben Robert, who was 35-2 in his seventh fight. On two weeks' notice, we went to Perth and won that fight. It was an amazing fight. Uh, knocked out Samuel Columbus in 78 seconds in his fifth fight to win the Australian title. Fought 11 world-ranked opponents and was at the time when he fought Manny Pacquiao ranked number one with both the WBO and the IBF, and that wasn't by chance. I sat down with Dean Lonigan and planned this very carefully. And I said, if we're going to sign with uh, Duke Vence at the time, I said, I envisage Jeff, Jeff Horn fighting at Suncorp Stadium in front of more than 50,000 people for a world title. And I said, if you can't see that, Dean, I'm going to get up now and walk away. So, and he said, well, you know, he was a bit gobsmacked, but he said, okay, okay, I'll work with you. How do you want to do it? And I said, well, this is what I want to do. I don't want any easy opponents for a start. The guys have got to have a minimum of 20 fights, minimum of 90% uh, win rate, and they must be world-ranked. So I had a formula. We, I, I basically uh, tempered Jeff through all these world-ranked opponents. So when he fought Manny Pacquiao, he had both the belief the physio, in the physical conditioning to beat Manny Pacquiao, and we all know he did that. Yeah. Since then, things have changed. <clears throat> Jeff, unfortunately, I believe, has had a lot of people – you know, that no doubt acting in his best interest, but 
you know, basically blowing smoke up his backside and, and wanting, you know, and saying, oh, yeah, you can do it this way and that way. And I think Jeff has looked for an easier way since then. So, so and Glenn, I've warned him against this. So, There's Glenn, no can I ask you a question? hundred percent. Uh, I agree with him. So, can I ask you a question? So, have you ever, so do you think it was the formula that kept making Jeff Horn win? You don't think that you had a, an amazingly special athlete that could dig deep and, and do things? I mean, I remember throughout my career, Am I had a, yeah, 20 on amateur fights. I had, you know, um, seven professional fights. I won the world title. And I never ever heard Johnny Lewis say there was anything about a formula. The, the only formula that he said was the reason for, for his, his success or our success was, was the guy that was in the ring fighting. And I honestly, like I said, Glenn, I don't, um, yeah, I'm not here to try to embarrass you or do anything, but I'm here f for, for the good of the sport of boxing. And we've spoken and, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you're a great gentleman. Every time I'll see you, I'll shake in or whatever it takes because you're a gentleman. But when, when, when we're talking about boxing now, you also publicly stated on TV that, ah, Jeff Phoenix never trained anybody to beat men. I'm not worried about it. That's an amazing performance. That performance was as a team, but you, you, you had this guy that was there that was super hungry and, and no disrespect, Glenn, that Manny Pacquiao, I know, you, you, you were in the same press conference as me when Manny Pacquiao wasn't even listening to a question. He's on the phone talking no. to people because he thought he had this easy opponent, which he, he never did. And I, I can also honestly say that I, on TV, said that Jeff Horn was going to win and when he did win, I went to hell and back to tell everybody that said he didn't win that he did win because he did win the fight. But the thing that upset me the most in that fight was when you publicly said that after the ninth round and um, when he got he got hit a bit in the ninth round and uh, he got hurt, there was no, never a reason in the history of the sport to stop that fight. The referee, of course, wanted to stop it. The, right, the reason why the referee panicked was, oh, he's thinking, oh, this is this poor little Aussie guy, Jeff Horn, against his superhero, Manny Pacquiao, which it never was. But like I said, Jeff Horn was ready for that fight totally, and you can take a lot of credit for that as well. But all I'm saying, in that fight, there's not a chance anybody would want to stop the fight, Glenn. You, you'd lost it. You're winning the fight, you had a hard round and you done exactly what every other trainer would do. You gave Jeff the opportunity to rest, to have a drink of water and get back on his bike and go out and do his job when he done it. So, I mean, what hurts me a little is when you, you, when you try to take the credit and that, that's the credit away from Jeff Horn because Jeff Horn could have sat in that corner after Pacquiao built him and not want to get out, of, get get off the, 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 the stool again. But he got off the stool and he done the job, mate. No, no, you never done the job. Jeff, as you know, as Muhammad Ali famously said, and I think you'd have to agree with his comments, the fights are not won under the night when you're dead. This is a famous quote. I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but basically what Muhammad Ali said is, a fight is not won when I dance under the lights. It's one out on the lonely road far away from those, the audience and the witnesses. He said it's one in the gym. That lonely road, that gym is where the fights are won. The, the fight is not won on the night. If you're not ready for that fight, then you're not going to win that fight. So how I prepared Jeff, there was a, as I said, when I talk about the formula, how I prepare someone to win a fight of that nature, both physically and mentally and technically, is very, very important. The strategy, I'd studied many Pacquiao. Jeff never even looked at the video. He didn't even, he said, you just tell me what to do. You're the, you're the general. You just, I'm the soldier. You tell so, me what so to do. So if that's the case, Glenn, so if that's I the, did all the planning, the strategy. Okay, if that's the case, yeah. why didn't you do yeah. it in his last fight? Again, the problem is I've got a committee to deal with now. Okay, I went from it used to be Jeff and I and Ben Horn, his brother, would help in the corner, and then we slowly got other people involved. Um, Stephen Edwards never did cuts for the Pacquiao fight. I did the cuts. I started training Stephen in New Zealand, 
And after the Pacquiao fight, I let him start doing the cuts for Jeff. So it's been less than three years he'd been doing the cuts. In the fight the other night, I had this groundswell since Bendigo. I have had <clears throat> the corner, even though the previous fight, Zarafa too. In that fight, I was under so much pressure because Stephen Edwards was passing a towel behind my back. Adam wanted to throw it in. He kept saying to me, I want to throw it in. I said, just wait. And I had Ben Horn on my side. Ben and I were on the same page. Ben's a fighter. He gets it and he was on the same page. He said, no, I'm with you. He said, I'm with you, Glenn. And I said, good. So we're trying. I said, just wait. I said, I'll call it if it needs to be called, but just wait. I said, no one knows Jeff Horn better than I do. Remember, I took Jeff Horn when he was 18 years of age and coming to my gym as a forward school kid. Jeff had played soccer for 12 years and got nowhere. He wasn't a natural athlete. I took Jeff and I molded Jeff with a particular – I shared a dream with him, a vision. Well, I can guarantee you I think he was a natural race. fighter. He's a natural fighter. Glenn, did you He's know – He's a natural fighter, but naturally competitive. Yeah. But is he an athlete? Not a natural athlete. I've got natural athletes in my gym. Glenn, did Joe you know Paul, before Andy the fight Clark, the other night Sam then? Sam Benny. I've got natural fight, uh, athletes. Did, did, he sorry. was not, never an athletic kind of guy. He wasn't a guy that you'd put in this sport or that sport and he'd be a superstar. But we adapted. He did have – he had qualities that I could see he could become a fighter. Glenn, sorry, yeah, mate. Um, so did you know Did you know before the fight the other night that Jeff Horn was not a chance of beating Tim Zoo? Did you know going into that fight you were going to lose the fight? Going into that fight, I was concerned. Chris Muckett said to me on the day of the fight, his new strength and conditioning coach, okay, that used all the exercise science and he uses his MyZone apps and his Whoop apps, and I don't have a lot of faith. I use these – I use the science, of course, as a guide, but it is not gospel. Okay, a good trainer just knows, he watches. Chris Market said to me on the day of the fight, and we had a couple of heated moments, I can tell you in council, and a couple of heated moments during the camp. Uh, he said to me, Jeff Horn is ready to deliver the performance of his life, the performance of his career tonight. And I said, oh, is he, Chris? And he said, yes. He said his sleep was 100%, his recovery is 97%. He said he's ready to deliver the performance, and I said, I hope so. You know, but I was not confident because, again, I know he hadn't done what we normally do. The body conditioning that I normally do for Jeff, he had backed off on that. And I knew his body wasn't as strong as it normally is. He's never been hurt by body shots. Before, so, Glenn? But on that night, he felt them. Yes, Jeff. Yeah, just one more. So, we also just, you went back to the Zarafa, the, the, the fight where you convinced or you, you kept the towel from being thrown in when Jeff came out and, and with that amazing punch. Do you, but do you realise why he was able to throw that amazing punch? I do know exactly why. Why? why then? I want to hear this. Punch. Why? When we did Zarafa 1, Jeff is – that was probably the worst camp Jeff's ever done. That camp all through, I kept saying to Jeff, Jeff, Zarafa is a very fit guy. He runs 14 kilometres a day. He's young. He's hungry. He's been the distance with Cal Brook. He's a tough, fit guy. Jeff, you will beat Michael Zarafa, but you must be fit, Jeff. You must be. But, you know, he wouldn't put the effort in. He thought he'd just roll Michael Zarafa easily. And I was frustrated during that camp. You know, it's a little bit like a dad just made me remember 14 and a half years. So, and it becomes like your dad. Eventually you go, yeah, dad, yeah, dad. I understand. I had, I had exactly the same relationship with Johnny Lewis. So if he told me, like I said, if he told me I could jump off the Harbour Bridge and I would do it in one second. But yeah. then I want to ask you a question. So you don't realise in that fight against the Rafa 
that the referee made a gigantic error that gave you guys, you know, whatever, whether it was five seconds or 25 or 55, to recover, or else you honestly think... Are you talking to Rafa too, Jeff? Yes, yeah. I don't believe the referee made a gigantic oh, error at all, by the Come on, Glenn. I, when I looked at that, there was actually a bit of a lull in the action when he called no, the check no. on that you, eye, you, 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 and that eye was a very gaping wound that yes, had come it was. from an accidental foul. Okay, so it wasn't from a legal punch. He picked, he let him trade for quite some time, and if you watch the fight back slowly... Turn all the audio off and just watch the action. You'll see Zarafa was just starting to peter it out a little bit. There was a bit of a break. It was a very bad cut. The still blood don't was stop flowing fight down into his eyes. Still don't stop he was quite within his rights no. to check the, that eye. And that was his call. Now, whether, you know, we can argue back and yeah, forth whether we think the referee made a mistake, but the fact is he was within well, his rights, and it's happened plenty of times before, yeah, but, to check the cut. Well, everybody I it was know a short boxing, stoppage. It was, well... It was just it was a, a short stoppage. It was just about 20 seconds. Give, it wasn't long. Yeah, it was 24 the, seconds. 24 seconds. Yeah, just the doctor time didn't treat just, the yeah. cut. He just wiped the blood away so he could see the extent of that cut. When he resumed, Zarafin did exactly what I thought he would do. He got careless. You know it, I know it. He got careless. He just walked in for the kill. What did Jeff do? He stepped to the side and threw that overhand right yeah. bomb, and that changed the whole fight in one punch. Did people think he had it in him? No, they didn't. Did I think he did? Yes because I'd known what he had done for that second camp was a lot more than he had done for the first camp. And I knew that he had it still in him, and he did. He delivered. He delivered that right hand. He dropped him again. Well, then what about, the Glenn, what about in the first the camp? Lockdown. What about in the first camp when, when, you, when you can witness your, your fighter being beaten and um, you wouldn't throw the towel? Yeah, in that first fight, if we want to go back to Zarafa 1, Jeff actually wasn't beaten up as much as everyone thinks he was. If you watch the fight again carefully, uh, you'll see even the first knockdown, by the way, was not legitimate. I screenshotted all of this, and what happened is he actually hits him with the elbow. It's, it's up on the elbow. The referee was directly behind Zarafa, and he missed this. As Jeff ducked and moved his head to the side, it caught on Zarafa's elbow, and it just unbalanced him. But it wasn't even legitimate. Okay, the second knockdown, yep. he went for the clinch, and Zarafa just pushed into the ground. Yes, he was tired, I, I, I can, but he wasn't really hurt. He had no headaches after the fight, no concussion, slept like a baby, was perfect the next day. He wasn't really hurt in so, that fight. Sorry, Glenn, so if you, if you had your time again in Bendigo, you wouldn't throw the towel in and stop those last couple of flurries of punches? There was only one flurry. What happened in that after the break? Now, you, remember, you wouldn't, in that you wouldn't fight, change if you'd go back. If we go back to Zarath, the one in that fight, I fully intended to stop that fight. In fact, I thought the referee was stopping the fight anyway. I got up on the apron. We all know you stand up on the apron. The referee's quite within his rights just to wait the fight. 100%. You know, so that's, how bad, that's how bad our officials are. That's how bad our officials yeah. are. Yeah. Because yeah, if they would have done, the, if they would have the done their job, and I'm going to just my opinion, if they would have done their job, and this is different, this is where we have a difference of opinion, Glenn, that the reason why, one of, one of the reasons why that Jeff was in the condition that he was in his last fight was the accumulation of Zarafa 1, Zarafa 2, and, and, and that's what happens, Glenn. And, and then, and although they tried to freshen him up, you, he, he still needed you to harden him up to make sure because the only, the only place that you find 100%. out, the only place you find out whether your fighter's ready for the ring is in the ring. You forget yes. about how many jumps you can do or how much you can lift or how fast you can run. You that's how it. many rounds you can box. And that's your you job know. to, I, I know it. And that's your and job I, to, and I know to it. well, but you didn't do your job then. 
And what I did, I pleaded with Jeff a month out, Jeff, please just do, give me a hard spa. I need to see where you're at. Just please, can we do a hard spa? And he said, I don't want to. And I said, I know I'm not doing it, he said. You know, and, and the problem in since, as I said, uh, don't get me wrong, I think the world of Jeff always will. What he's done is amazing. Not only where he's come from to what he's achieved. He's a bullied school kid and no confidence. What he's done is amazing, right? And as I said, we've got a unique special bond, as I'm sure you had, Jeff, with Johnny Lewis. You know, it's just you'll never break that bond. You know, so I think the absolute world of Jeff Warren and people just don't understand how much I think of Jeff. So, so But I knew, I was worried when he wouldn't do this. He started since Pacquiao, it, whereas before Pacquiao, Jeff did whatever I asked him to do. Easy. And it worked. I did all the study. I did the strategy. I did the analysis. I designed the program. And it wouldn't matter who came into the camp. I was in control. One ship, one captain. Worked fantastic. It was beautiful. When I say a formula, I'm not saying some magical formula. I'm just saying, you know what it is. You know as a trainer what work you need to do for a guy to win that fight against that opponent and over that many rounds. You just know what needs to be done. But in this camp, I felt everything had to go by the committee. I, it was doing my head in. And I understand, Chris, he might be a good footballer. You know, I know he played 50 NRL games. I know he's got a degree in exercise science, but he doesn't know anything about boxing. And that's the problem. Well, that was so proven. Boxing, you can be fit and not fight fit. That was They're proven the other things. night. You know it. That was proven the other night. completely different. That was proven the other night because um, from the second round, I looked at uh, Jeff and that, was, that wasn't the Jeff Horn I knew. But and, that's, it, and that's huh? why I question you, Glenn. That's why I question you with this question and this question only. Why would you put this kid who you love and this kid who between both of you had um, achieved amazing goals by beating Pacquiao and doing what you've done, why would you ask him, does he want to stop or has he got a, a minute left in him? Okay. Let me why would you it. ask him in front of the world? In front of the, this yeah. is a good question, and I appreciate you asking it because it is a really good question. Now, what I said to Jeff is, firstly, I felt the pressure from the corner. I felt the pressure in Zarafa too, whereas I felt like I was battling, not only trying to watch the fight and weigh up every moving part, what work Jeff's done, where we are in the fight, how many seconds to go in the round, how badly Jeff's hurt. As a trainer, as the head trainer, you are weighing up all these moving parts and they're changing by the second. Everything you're calculating, weighing up, you need a cool head. What you don't want is a corner that is putting you under undue necessary pressure there to throw the towel in. Okay, and this is what I felt in Zarafa too. And again, in this fight, I could hear all this mur murmurs, muttering in the corner going on. Ben and I were on the same page. Ben Horn and I were very much, we were talking while the fight was on. We were discussing where Jeff's at, what he's doing. Now, between rounds, Jeff firstly was not hurt in that fight, okay? He got, the next day, he was waving his arms up there because someone said, how are you ribbed? And he was breathing in really quick. He said, no, I'm perfect. And he had a little bit of a fat lip, a bit of a sore ear, a couple of marks, no cuts, slept beautifully, no headaches, he was laughing and joking on the plane back. Since then, He's been great. Have I you ever thought that's because the stop was that's because the fight was stopped? <laughs> okay, uh, maybe, maybe not. Let's remember, you know. Again, uh, by the way, I want to read you a little quote here. Okay, and see if you know who said this. George Foreman famously said, "Boxing is George the Foreman." Of 
And it was once right about that. What he meant was the qualities we look for in any great sporting contest, the courage to keep giving, to desire, to go beyond normal limits, were found in greater quantities in boxing than in any other sport. Who do you think wrote that? George Foreman. No. Who wrote that article? Yeah, guess. Glenn Rushton. No. Well done, uh, though, Jeff. I like that. Getting close. Paul <laughs> Kent. Paul Kent. The very guy, the headline of that article says, Paul Kent defends brutality of UFC, says it contains the essence of sport. Okay? He defends the brutality of the, the essence of sport. That's what and he, he goes on to quote those things. He's the one on the night that's telling you I should have stopped this fight. And how well, horrible and disgraceful. He, but, but, Paul might be a good footballer and know a little about boxing, but again, he doesn't oh, understand. Well, but he's he been understand. in the ring. I've, I've, I've had him in the ring on many. Let me just hear some. Understand, Paul. Paul knows because Paul was this little guy who was a tough guy who stayed until the end. But I'll tell you one thing: yeah. he, he would have loved. He would have loved or preferred to have somebody like Jeff Fennick in his corner and, and and stopped it before he got beat up or before before any of that brutality happened. That's how we all think, Glenn. That's how all fighters feel. That's how Jeff Horn no. feels. But you don't put him in that position for him to to make a comment, yes or no. So you I, you gave weight, but you you put Jeff in that position in front of like I said. Let's get back to that. Yeah, yeah let's, let's get, get back, back to Paul Ken. Thinking yeah. around that. Let's get back to that. Yeah. Firstly, I have a policy with my fighters. I never ask them even how they feel. Okay. The reason I, I don't ask them how they feel is I don't like their mind to be, because normally when someone says, how do you feel? You start thinking, oh yeah, I'm a bugger. No, and, no. Johnny Lewis asked me how I felt every fight, every round. I said, I feel great. Okay. I feel great. I feel great. Of course, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, show yeah. that's what you do. Okay. He's trying to motivate me. Of course, I feel okay. great. But if you see me getting knocked out or going to get hurt, he wouldn't even bother asking me that. He'd throw okay. the towel and he would stop the fight. Let, let's think this through now. Now, when you stop a fight, we all know in boxing that anything can and does happen. We know that. Now, it, people always tell me the obvious, what was obvious. And I've said to them, listen, you've got no idea what's obvious. You, you can't tell me the outcome of any fight. Don't ever think you can because you can't. For example, when Pavetkin was fighting Dillian White and had been dropped twice in round four, everyone thought he's just going to lose the next couple of rounds. Pavetkin gets knocked out. Dillian White wins it. Everyone knew that. It was obvious. Everyone knew it. But what happened? Out comes Vatican, throws one left up, a cut, and the whole fight's dealing with what's out cold. Nah, heavyweights. Okay, what about when George, George Foreman heavyweights, was Michael Moore? You, I don't know. You're probably not as old as me. You're not as old as me, yeah? I've seen it against Michael <laughs> Moore. I'm 63. When I watched live when Muhammad Ali, my hero when I was a kid, was getting the absolute crap beat out of him. Bruce Lee's not going to be happy with you. Seven rounds, just lying on the race. No interest in fighting. He just looked like he was, he's done. He's too old. George Foreman's a monster. He's a killer. He was destroying Muhammad. And I felt really sad as a kid to see my hero here lying on the race. Getting the shit bit, and no one's throwing the damn towel. I've got to stop this conversation. I'm not worried. I don't give a rat's ass about Ali or George Foreman or anybody. I care about Jeff Horn, somebody who I think has I done amazing things for Australian boxing. I care about Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn well, from so round like, two. But Jeff Horn from round two didn't want to be in that ring. From round three, from round four, I could see you. You're, you're the person who's supposed to be his father. You could see it more than anybody. Yeah, I can, but at the same time, as you know, in a fight, and you would know this, sometimes you're in a fight, you're not getting hurt. It, even when, in, between rounds, we all say that, seconds, Jeff's heart rate was down to normal. He was okay. 
he wasn't he wasn't as though he was exhausted in the corner. He was fine. He just didn't want to be there, right? However, well, then don't let him be there. He doesn't want to be there. Simple. Um, he didn't want to be there, right? But when you are in a in the in a fight, you're frustrated. You're not landing your shots. Suddenly you land a clean shot. The guy wobbles, and you get this amazing surge of energy, this second win, and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, you know, you you, you find the energy with Jeff that on that night, this was his career on the line. He wasn't hurt. He still wasn't hurt after the fight. If you watch that fight, turn the audio off again. I've done it, and I've done this twice now. What's the fight? No audio. Just watch the points. Who's getting hit? Not many clean blows were being landed. I was actually, you listen, Kudos to Tim Zhu. He won the fight. Did he fight great on the night? I don't think he fought great. I think, like he said, the best thing I heard Tim say all night, the most profound thing, and I've got a huge amount of respect for Tim Zhu and his entire team, marvellous young guy. The thing that impressed me the most was that he said all night, I'm going to be back in the gym on Monday. I'm not happy with my performance. And that was a terrific comment. That is the that is the yeah. hunger to do what's Glenn, necessary. Sure so could we could we can just confirm yeah. though, Glenn? Were you going to send Jeff Horn out for round nine, even though he didn't respond to you in the corner? Was your plan before Phil Austin and some of your cornermen jumped in and stopped that fight? Were you going to send him back out? Je- yes. If, if if Ben Horn and I had said we we I twice said to Jeff between rounds, and this is not the way I like to work in the corner. I said to Jeff, Jeff, if you don't show me something, I'm going to throw the towel in. I said it twice. They didn't show you anything. Why didn't you throw it in? The previous round. He didn't show you anything. Why didn't you throw it in? You asked him twice. He did. Ben and I both were discussing this during the – he did seem to lift after that. If you look back at round seven, it wasn't a bad round from Jeff. He did actually lift a bit when we said that. And Ben and I were saying it. We're sort of getting through it. And I said, like, I was trying to get through to Jeff. Jeff. You're not hurt. Your, your cardio is recovering quite well, so there's no reason. Like, we don't stop fights because a fighter doesn't want to fight or because he's losing. When you're in a fight, you're trained, you're prepared to, to you know, you don't stop a fight because you're, you're losing. Oh, I'm losing. I'll, so I'll, I'll quit. That's not, that's not a fight game. That's not we aspire, what we aspire to. We don't quit because we're losing. We find a way to win. We look for a way. One of the sayings I say to my guys is always, there is a way. There is always a way. You've got to find, again, I watched um, Canelo fighting Kovalev. He was fighting horrible in that fight, Canelo. But he threw that big left hook and that was it. Again, we're talking about Glenn, Glenn, we, we keep talking about other fighters. All, all, listen, Ben, myself, all we're concerned about is Australian boxing, and and, and at this stage we're concerned about Jeff. Let, let me. Yeah, I'm concerned too. But this is not save Jeff. This is not like save the whales here. This is the problem I felt is I feel with Jeff Horn the last couple of fights that everyone in the corner's got a towel in their hand, and as soon as Jeff cops a few, hoy that towel in. It's like. You know, he's, he's become like a have national you, Have you ever thought you know, that, that that's because they don't right. trust you, mate? Have you ever thought that they might not trust you? That's why they're doing it, Glenn? Well, that's 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 right. interesting. Let's let's just explore that for a second. No, no let me just say, Glenn, what I'm trying to say is I'm saying, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? You're the, you're you the, know the, one of the reasons? You've allowed them there. Yeah. Again, they you've given them, You've that. given them that opportunity to do it. If that's the case, don't have them there. They shouldn't be doing it. I agree. And you're. that's a very good point, by the way. Adam actually apologised to me after Zarafa too. 
And he said to me, Adam Copland, the one who was you saw waving his hand, and I do think he influenced Phil Austin, the referee. Mm. By the way, in that fight, I think you all realise the first knockdown was just a push. That wasn't even a knockdown. Okay, yep. so there's no knockdown in round three. Just pushed him over. And you, you see it clearly from the replay. Yep. There's no discussion necessary. It's just clear. He's pushed him over. But Phil was, the referee was standing directly behind him and he couldn't see from where he was standing. So that was just a push. The second knock, the second one was just Jeff taking a very soft knee. He just drops down on his right knee and pops straight up. It was the softest knee you'd ever see. So no, from a body he punch. punch into the ground. He wasn't really being hurt in that no, fight. But he Not certainly wasn't in the fight training. at any stage. He wasn't in the Sorry. fight. No. no, it was just a but it was a messy, scrappy fight. There was not a lot of clean blows being landed. Mm. Tim's timing was off. Jeff wasn't coming in as fast as he normally does, and still Tim was missing mostly. He landed one now and again, but there was not that uh rapid succession of punches where you're getting hit and hit and hit and hit. If I'd have seen that, rest assured the towel would have Glenn, gone. Glenn, Glenn, I'm gonna They'd push, they'd shove, they'd clinch. It was a scrappy fight. Glenn, I want to agree with you totally. I want to agree with you totally what you just said. It was, yeah, it wasn't where he was getting beaten to to a pole. But Glenn, Glenn, he didn't want to be there, mate. That's that's yeah. and you you could see I, that. you told me the other day I could see yeah. that. that Glenn that's it to me there's there's no more there's no more to it I mean I understand what you're saying and listen so if you're going to go back and say what Paul Kent said Paul Kent said what every fighter says listen Johnny Lewis threw the towel in for me I kicked it out because I wanted to fight on I kicked it out so yeah. that that's the fighter's instinct but it's still his job to look after me to this day I, I thank him for it. I didn't have to get I never got punched in the head any more than I had to that day and I I'll, I'll always I'll always I'll always be, be no, that, why he done that? And, it was for myself, my, 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 my and safety. And Glenn, weren't you just sending him back out hoping for a miracle at, at that stage essentially? Is that all that you had left? Listen, when, let me, Ben, just reflect on a couple of things here. Yeah. When Jeff fought Pacquiao, by the way, his dad actually was walking the corner and said afterwards, I would have stopped the fight. He even said, Ben, come up between the rounds and said, Ben, protect your brother. Look after him now, won't you? He wanted the towel thrown in in round nine. He wanted the towel thrown in. That's a the father. referee wanted the the referee Mark Nelson also wanted the towel. Now, if I yeah. stopped the fight there and said to a hundred people, "Stop the stop the camera now in round nine. What's going to happen in round ten? I guarantee that ninety nine out of a hundred would have said, "What's going to happen? Hackow's going to come out and finish the job in the first thirty seconds." that he almost finished in round nine. He's going to come out, he's going to pummel Jeff, and then Glenn Rushton's a dickhead. Everyone's going yeah. to say, you could have seen but that. The obvious response, happen. Glenn, is that he was well clear and winning that fight and he was fighting very, yeah, very well. smashed, though. In, in that one round, round, yeah. one round, in Glenn. Round, so it was one round. Let's think about this for a moment. When should we stop a fight? Should we stop a fight when you're winning or losing or should we stop a fight when you are getting hurt badly in another punch or two could do more serious damage. Just to answer that question, should a fight be stopped more? Should the should it be whether a fighter is winning or losing, or should it because he's suffering too much punishment and you're concerned? I would stop it. I would stop it rather it. early than late. I wouldn't care if my fighter was winning. If I thought that I protected his career and, and looked after his health for a little bit longer, I would stop the fight early rather than Are late. You- you done okay, it. Let so me tell you something. But what you done that night was it was it was a great decision because it was proven a great decision. But yes. what you've done after that, Glenn, let me let me let me just go back because I was I was in Vegas when your first voice after the fight was you told I won't even mention that you, you you told a few people that you 
Jeff just needed one more round against Crawford. You said that. That were your exact words, that he needed okay. one more round against Crawford. That was I, horrendous. I don't know what you were taking that night or what you're doing, my brother, because, man, that was, the, the, that was crazy. Okay, Jeff, let's, let's go back to that fight if you want. Yes, okay, I'd love now, to. Okay, now, when we were in there, again, going into that fight, Jeff had some problems going into that fight. The night before, he couldn't walk. Massive blisters on his feet. If I could have pulled out of that fight, I would have pulled out of that fight. I was squeezing gunk out of his feet. He couldn't walk. His hands were sore. He was in, not in good shape. Why? But again, on that... Why, 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 did, why did he have those things? Well, <laughs> a few reasons. He failed to take his second pair of training shoes over to Vegas. He left them at home. He packed all his gear for the holiday afterwards and, and forgot his second pair of training shoes. Do you know how many well, Nike? Do you know how many Nike Vegas, stores are in Las Vegas? Try on. Do you know how many so, Nike you know, stores are in Las Vegas? There's a million. There's about one million Nike stores in Las Vegas. Yeah, I know. His father went out and bought him a pair of Nikes. All right. Okay, over there, and I said, "Has Jeff tried these on?" He said, "No, we've got the same size." And I said, you can't do that, Jeff. And then when I went down to the gym, he's got them on. I said, Jeff, what are you wearing them for? They're the ones your father bought that your father tried on. You didn't even try them on. He said, oh, they'll be right, they'll be right. And then he got blisters from them. And I said, yeah. Jeff, this is just stupid, just a stupid mistake. Pretty unprofessional. Anyway, so he went into that fight. If you look at the stoppage again, and again, I've watched that fight ten times over. Everyone raves on about Jeff didn't one, win one second of the fight. That is absolute BS. Okay, even Crawford said out the back, he said, mate, you beat the shit out of me out there. And I've got, you know, I've watched those. I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear that. Hello, I'm, There's I'm, I'm, a lot of that close rounds That will be there. a question I ask Bud Crawford the next time I talk to yeah, him. Yeah, okay, you ask, you ask Bud. I'll Bud speaks it. highly of Jeff and I, I personally oh, rate of course um, speak highly of Crawford. Him. I rate him as the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. And That's so do I. I think of, of Bud Crawford. But I'll tell you what, he works his guts out. He works his guts out. You know, he's, he runs up that bloody hill in Colorado in the freezing cold. Bomax sits three quarters away up and he says, you haven't chucked up yet. Keep going, bud. You know, he trained, and I was showing Jeff this footage and saying to him, pleading with him, Jeff, he wasn't doing enough running going in that fight before I left. And I'm saying, Jeff, Jeff, look well, what At least he chucked doing. up in the first Zarafa fight, all that pizza yep. and stuff. But, Glenn, you know, what, again. What, what made you guys take that fight when so a early. fighter loses the hunger, when you know what he can do. Like, I know what Jeff Horn can do. And Jeff, as I've said, Jeff, you can beat anyone in the world. You've proven it. But you've got to be right, Jeff. You've got to do the work. But if you do the work, there is no one in the world you can't beat. And when that stoppage occurred against Bud Crawford, he got hit. He got hit twice. He evaded the next couple and he was just stepping off the ropes. Twenty, I think it was 27 seconds in the round to go. Before that round, he said to me, he said, how many more rounds to go? And I said, four. And we'd trained really hard for the last three rounds in that fight. We said, we're going to step it up in round 10. Then we're going to step it up in round 11 and 12. And I knew what he was thinking. He was thinking, I'll just cruise through this round. Then I'm going to put my foot down and have a real crack at Terrence in the last three. So he was... Jeff's intention in that round was to get through that one as softly as he could and then really put his foot down. Glenn, Glenn, he never, he, wasn't he never he said wasn't a word when the referee fight. stopped the fight. He never said a word. He, he never protested. Fight. Well, the referee, when he stopped, the, Jeff never protested. Jeff never complained. Jeff was quite no, happy no, when Jeff, he was stopped. It's not in Jeff's nature to complain. Jeff please, is one of the please. nicest guys you would ever meet. I didn't say Jeff. that, but he's, he's also a fighter. He's not in nature to complain. He's a fighter. But, Sorry? He's, a, he's fighter. a fighter. Of course you're going to yeah, complain of if you think you got stopped, he's you weren't a... supposed to be stopped. Of course you're no, going to fight. 
Jeff, was Jeff getting the shit beat up? No, he wasn't in that fight. No. Jeff was fine, you know, and again, it was a hard fight, but, you know, it's it's the fight game. It's not uh, table tennis. It's a fight. And when you've got no chance of winning like the referee soon, if, Jeff, if, if the referee thought that Jeff had any chance of winning with a puncher's chance, of course the referee gives you a little bit more time. But he didn't, Glenn. I mean, he was, he was totally outclassed that night. And, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know Jeff, about blisters now, but he was outclassed that night. We will never know what would have happened if the fight would have continued. I mean, if you're looking to, to Teddy Atlas, he'll tell you he was totally outclassed when he fought Manny Pacquiao. That's what he reckons. Teddy Atlas has had more. The world Teddy, Teddy Atlas had more hits than the Beatles. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. people see whatever they want to see. But you know, when t- people always tell me it's obvious he wasn't going to win, I just say bullshit. So bullshit. You know, that's, that's, that's be, because Glenn, that's, that's your character, and I'm learning this now. That's your character. Um, we all we all have different characters and, and, and things that we, we think of. You 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 want these guys to fight to the last breath. Me, I want I want my no. boys to have their last breath. I want them to go home and think, wow, Jeff looked after me tonight. I you know, I don't have headaches. I'm not waking up. And the reason why Jeff didn't wake up with a headache in those last two fights is because they were stopped by other people, not you. He might have had a headache if if they weren't stopped, my brother. Okay. Firstly, the the number one arbiter of stopping the fight. In fact, as you know, the only person who can stop the fight is the referee. That's it. That's how it works. They're the rules. You can, as you said, the referee decides he's right to tell and he kicks it out of the ring. He can, and it's happened, as you know. Yes, it has. So the referee doesn't have to accept that because otherwise, as you know, fights could be rigged and they say, I'm going to finish in round four. In goes the towel. So we know that. We know how the rules work. However, so the referee is always the person in the best position to stop the fight. So why didn't Phil Austin stop the fight in round eight? Because like me, you know I didn't. Because Jeff hadn't been hit that much. I'll he tell you that. I'll yeah, tell you why Phil Austin never stopped winning. the fight. I'll tell you why. Because he's incompetent. The same way, the same way when he when he stopped them in the first minute of the fight, he stopped the boys. Remember that? Both stopped Clue Moon wrestling. He let him wrestle for the for the for the next eight rounds. He never changed anything. He never took a point off anybody. He was terrible. The referee was terrible in that fight. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna call on, on oh, that. You I don't have to, but I will. I think, yeah, I, I don't want to comment on our officials. I think that overall uh, Phil's record, I think, is very good. And I think that overall, if you're weighted across, I've seen him referee a lot of fights. And overall, I think he does a good job. You know, That's great. Of course, he made a mistake in round three. You know, he's just in the wrong position. He thought it was a knockdown. It wasn't. Okay. And that, again, just is another little negative. Jeff, I can see he was in a bit of a negative frame of mind there. As I said, he wasn't exhausted. Even after the fight, look at his body language in yeah. the ring. He was bright. He wasn't hanging out the rails like he was in Zarafa 1. He wasn't exhausted. He was just frustrated more than anything. I can tell you now, Jeff would have landed one good, clean shot, Owens. I mean, he landed good shots. I mean, you go back, he hits him with a hook. He's tough. You know, Tim's a tough guy. But if he would have landed a really good shot and staggered, I it, you know, I guarantee you would have seen the old Jeff Horn would have just emerged all of a sudden and the fight could have changed. That little so word, that if, that means so much. It's never obvious that Jeff is gone. It's not obvious. The Rafa too, it was obvious. Adam has apologised to me after the fight. He said, I would have thrown the towel in. He said, I wanted to throw the towel in. He said to me after the Rafa too, this is the one wave in his hand, Adam. He said, and he should have had his fight stop, by the way. He went to, to hospital concussion the next morning. No one stopped his fight. No one said, save Adam. No, let him keep him smashed. But anyway, back to the fight. Adam apologised to me after Zarafa too and said, I'm sorry. He says, I can see why you need to keep a cool head like you do and weigh everything up because I would have stopped the fight. 
Well, I just want to ask you one question. This is my last one. Have you apologised? Have you apologised to Jeff for for putting him in in that position that you put him in the other night? No, because let wow. me now explain my thinking going into that. Well, you need Jeff's, to going into round at the end of round eight. I've already said to Jeff, Jeff, you got to show us something. Jeff's problem in that fight was not that he was really exhausted. Okay, even though he hadn't done enough intense work in the camp to make him fight fit. He was lethargic. He was disinterested. He wasn't breathing heavy. He wasn't exhausted. If he was hanging down, if I thought Jeff was exhausted or Jeff was being hurt too much, I would have stopped the fight. Have no doubt. No doubt. If Jeff would have been getting hit, 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 hit in any round, the towel would have gone in. That never happened. Tim would hit him once, then there'd be a clinch and a push and he might get another one on him. So the fight, there was no real reason to stop that fight. If this was not Jeff Horn in there and this was some other two opponents, that fight would not have been stopped. It would not have been stopped. There was no real reason to stop that except it was Jeff Horn. Again, it was Jeff see, Horn. Glenn, you're correct. Jeff Horn. And the other fighter, no. Glenn, you're correct. You wouldn't have stopped it. I wouldn't have stopped you're, Glenn, it. Glenn, you're correct because it. people people have now seen that what's happened to Jeff in the last couple of fights, so people are concerned. So, yeah. yeah that, he, but yeah. you can't go into fights like this. If you're going to go into every fight with a towel – Every corner man's got a towel in his hand and they're all just waiting. As soon as Jeff gets hit with a couple, let's hook. Again, it's like who's going to save Jeff first? That's because they don't trust you, Glenn. Glenn, have you, have you look in the mirror, brother. That's because they don't trust you. Okay. Why I'm don't they not you. trust me? Because what? Because I didn't throw the towel in, yes. in Zarafa 1. Yes. You know what I was hoping in Zarafa 1? As I said, Zarafa 1, yes, Jeff hadn't done the work. Jeff only had himself to blame for that. He only had himself to blame. No one else. I pushed him. I... I I drove him. I chastised him in the gym. Jeff, work. But he'd goof and laugh and look at me and pretend he's phony. You know, I only had himself to blame for that particular fight. So he gets to that fight. I'm intending to stop the fight. He gets up on the apron. I thought the ref had stopped it anyway. And then I looked at Jeff and I'm, and I'm replaying in my mind. I'm looking at the clock how long it's got to go. I'm thinking, gee, there's not long to go in this round. Jeff looks like he's so, recovered for some sorry, reason. Sorry, you tried to. Insanely. He's saying he tried to. The you tried to stop the fight. It. Did you try and stop sorry. the fight? He's saying. Did you try sorry. and stop the fight? Yeah, in in Zarafa one, I got up on the. I just assumed the ref was stopping the fight anyway. When right, Jeff, so you went did try. Clinch. What happened there? Ben, just one second. When you when you, well, when you step as soon as you're yeah. up on the, it's automatic. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah, so automatic. That's how bad our so assumptions I thought the fight are, mate. Was over. Right. So you, I actually thought you were the working under that assumption. Me. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought I, the ref. I, I thought the fight was before. over. Okay. So I got up on there. I just thought the ref. That, that was it. Because Jeff went for a clinch, as you recall, and Zarafa spun around and pushed Jeff to the ground. Pushed him. Yeah. Pushed him onto the ground. Wasn't a knockdown. Pushed him onto the ground. So so, but Jeff just looked tired. And I thought, no, very similar if you're watching Zarafa. But then there was time in between that and them re-engaging for you to make sure the fight had stopped yeah. and you, you yeah, allowed what, him to go back out. Yeah, what, what happened then is that when Jeff got up, he got up onto his feet there. I, at that point, I had everyone up on the apron again, pandemonium, Jeff's dad, I've got everyone around yeah. me and all the mayhem's going on. And I'm suddenly looking at the ref and I'm going, shit, he's putting a count on him, he's not... He hasn't stopped the fight. He should have, but he didn't. And yeah. then I'm looking, and I looked at the clock, and I thought, there's not long to go here in this round. I'm thinking, we've got this massive fight. Jeff looks like he's recovering. The referee looks at him, asks him, did he want to continue? And he put his hands up and said, yes. The referee motioned for him to walk toward him, and he looked steady on his feet. And I thought, just 
maybe. Jeff knows what to do. He knows the ref is going to rush in like he did. Step to the left, throw the right hand, just maybe. He can because he's going to be predictable. He's going to rush you. He's going to run in, Jeff. You One are punch. a genius. If you Clay don't show it, hell goes in. But yeah, hoping for a he miracle. didn't do it. What did yeah. Jeff do instead? Where of were you when I needed you? The video footage. Where were you when I needed you, Mister Russian? Where were you when I needed you in the corner? Yep. If you look at the footage, and again, you'll see Jeff had his hand actually on Zarafa's waist. He could have reached around and clenched him, and again, he would have got through the round, but it was not long ago, or he could have stepped to the side and punched. He didn't, instead of doing one of those two, clinch or throw the punch, he leant back and put his hands up, and that was the yeah. As soon as he did that, the, so the rest stopped. Obviously, it's been an incredible association. It may be at its yeah. end now. Maybe this is the end for Jeff Horn's professional boxing career, at least for, for, for the interim it is. Um, for the when, interim. Yeah, when, when you look back over over what's occurred, there was obviously that incredible high against Manny Pacquiao, and you've received due plaudits for that. But have you made any mistakes um, through the course of this? You, you essentially have said that you're happy with everything that you've done in the association during all the fights. When you look back, is there anything that you would change? Look, when you look back, we live life and we live fights in real time. We live them by the second. It's yep. in real time. And when you're a trainer in a corner, I do believe that you must have one ship, one captain. And I don't believe a corner's a committee. Okay, we saw in the Deontay Wilder fight where the co-trainer threw the towel in and Deontay Wilder was incredibly upset and got rid of him. Okay, it wasn't the trainer, it was the co-trainer. And there's got to be a chain of command. And I said, after the Zarafa one fight, by the way, uh, I said, Ben, you and I only will decide on this. Ben, you're his brother and I've been with him for 14 and a half years and we both know Jeff better. Stephen only come in later on, and as I said, he's only been a cut man for less than three years, and Adam, you know, is a fighter. His job is always just down on the ground, you know, less involved as a corner. I said, basically, Ben, you and I, uh, I will discuss it because he's your brother and you and I have been there from the beginning. That's it. And, and what happened on the night is Adam and Stephen ended up influencing, I believe, the referee, you know, rather than both Ben and I, by the way, wanted to let Jeff go back out to see what he could do. And just let me finish for the moment. As far as he, his career goes, as I said, we have to do these things in real time. And as a trainer, remember, I'm also Jeff's manager. So I'm looking at Jeff's brand. I'm looking at Jeff's health. I'm looking at this fight, what work I know as his head trainer, what he's done all through the camp. In other words, what's actually in the tank, how motivated he's been in every session of every day. So I am the only one that has, in other words, I'm the person in the best position to make that call because I know more than everyone else. So I'm basically in that position and I believe that whilst, yes, you know, when you, if we get to live our lives again, I'm sure there's little things that we wouldn't have done and that applies every day of our lives. You know, we don't live our lives in perfection. And so, so yes, in real time, there's, of course, there's lots of, there's a million little things that would have done differently. We all would have in life. But as far as decisions, one thing I will say, when I make a decision, whatever that decision is, whenever I make a decision, I weigh up and I not only weigh up all the moving parts, I try to weight them in order of what's more or less important. And in that round, uh, after round eight, what I was weighing up there, Jeff, this is, this is what I was weighing up. 
Jeff, your career is firstly on the line. Your career is here. This is not a matter of ending this fight. If you don't go out, your career is virtually finished. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't make a comeback. If the hunger, I've said this to Jeff, and him and I have spoken, we communicate, we're good mates. And I said, Jeff, if you find the hunger, if you can find the hunger to do what has to be done, I'll always be here for you. If you wanted to, you know, George Foreman had 10 years off and made a comeback and come back to be world champion. I said, Jeff, if you can find the hunger, the fire in the belly, the grit, the V8 motor that I know you have, not that piddly four-cylinder that we saw the other night, the V8 motor that's inside you, and I know it's there, okay, that greatness. If you can find that, I'm there for you. I'll be there all the way. Glenn. But you have to trust me and I have to trust you. So, Glenn. That's how it works. How can he okay, trust so you? How can he trust you if you said that he had a four, he had a four-cylinder work the other day and you still wanted him to fight when the four-cylinder was... Because the V8's there, Jeff. No, it's He's not there. there. It was, no, 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 no. That's right, but he, it wasn't there that night, Glenn. Maybe, there was no V8 maybe there, mate. It was. Maybe yeah. it was. It there was not even a four-cylinder there, I don't think, mate. Jeff, sometimes it, you know, you watch a fight, Mundine Green 2. The first half of the fight was all Danny Green. The second was all Mundine. What happened? Halfway through the fight, he found himself. He started to land a couple of punches and he suddenly became motivated. I mean, I saw Randall Bailey knock out Mike Jones in the 11th round. He lost 10 Glenn, we keep talking about other fights. We're not, look, I, I, like I said, no, no, it's not relevant because total respect to you. This has got nothing to do with Danny Green or Anthony Mundine or George Foreman. This is, we're talking about the health and but safety of, of Jeff Horn, somebody who did, and I'm going to say, who shocked the world, who shocked and, and put yeah. Australia back on the boxing. And, and, and now, now, what you, everybody's going to say this to Glenn. I'm, I'm just saying, because Jeff Horn, I hope yeah. you're listening because I, I love the guy. And all I'm saying is. Likewise. Yeah, all I'm saying is, people, wow, oh, he was nothing. Oh, it was a fluke against Manny Pacquiao. But yeah, he, he, he doesn't. Yeah, well, but that's. That's no that's fluke. What, don't know, that's what they're saying. That's what yeah. they say. It was no fluke. I was there. I witnessed hey, it. You know, I what witnessed about the, the other world ranked guys he beat on the way up to get to that position? Like he didn't just get. Nobody the fight talks about. Nobody Pacquiao talks about no them fights, Glenn. Nobody talks about them fights. They talk about no, his last don't. fight and the fight against Pacquiao. That's what. They, that's that's we, right. We so remember the last. That's what fight. they talk Glenn, about. Do you want him to retire now? Do you want that to be the end? This is what I said to Jeff Ben. I said, Jeff, you can beat anyone in the world, but you you got to you got to want it. I've always said to Jeff, and I've said it to my other boxers, I can teach you everything you need to know to become a world champion. Mm. But I can't make you want it. You know, you've got to bring the motivation. That's the key to it all. You've got to want it. And it's not just the motivation on the night. You've got to bring the motivation to every training session. If you don't come into that training session, every session with your eye on the prize and that motivation to do what's necessary because everybody, we all know everyone's prepared to win. But not that many are prepared to prepare to win. So it's the preparation and that's where the hunger, mm. that's where the hunger must be and that's where you've got to be honest with yourself. Hey. And it breaks my heart. I can tell you one thing. To see Jeff Horn go out with a whimper, it broke my heart the other night. I wanted to see Jeff and this is what Ben and I wanted to do. This is what we wanted, both of us. We said, listen, if Jeff gets out there and in the first 15 seconds he doesn't really just say, my career's on the line, stop it. I'm not going to roll over. I'm going to, I'm Jeff Horn. I'm going to go out there. I'm telling you now, the Jeff Horn that fought many Pacquiao would have beaten Tim Zhu in half a dozen rounds. I guarantee it. And I was hoping Jeff would find it within himself, saying, I'm not hurt. I'm not tired. I just need a boot up the ass. I need it. 
just finding myself. And what we wanted to do is if he went out in 15 seconds and wasn't, we were going to hurl the towel in anyway. Anyway, We just said that if he comes out and he just launches at him, drives him back and just starts landing punch after punch, we would have let it keep going. But as much, the moment he wore a few, if we thought that, we were going to hurl the towel in anyway. Hey, we wanted Jeff okay. to define his own ending to his career. We wanted Jeff the opportunity to go out on his terms. And what I've never asked a fighter before, do you want to continue? I don't do that. Well, you but did, Glenn, you occasion, did. I wanted Jeff no, to you be put him in a terrible position. Right to go out on his terms. Anyway, Glenn, 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 let's stop. his destiny. Glenn, I'm, I'm, I just want to just say this on behalf of myself, and this is my, my podcast, Standing 8, and Ben and Paul, we want to thank you because um, it takes a lot of courage to do what you've done, to get up here and let us ask you all these questions that we might You're think welcome, are true. Yeah. No, I just want you to know that, and I really appreciate it. And again, I would love to have asked you a couple more questions, but I don't even want to delve into it anymore because I, I'm, I'm pretty honoured and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud that you were able to, to talk the way you, you've spoken today. But I just want you to know, I'm going to let you know just straight to you, I don't agree with one thing that you've said in any of those last three fights. That, that's your beliefs. That's all, that's all you believe sure. in. And I can see how strongly you believe in it. But I want to just say on behalf of the Standing Eight, uh, thank you very, very much. And I hope that Jeff Horn just relaxes. And if he wants to box again one day, he'll do that. But I just hope he have, relaxes and looks after his family because he's been a great my, my monument exactly. for the Australian boxing. Yeah, definitely. He has. And yeah. also I'd like to thank, um, you know, all of you. Uh, I think it's a good, uh, robust discussion. I think it needs to be had. And I think for Australian boxing to go forward, uh, you know, it's really important we have these discussions and talk openly. But, you know, it is a tough game. We all know that. Yeah. We all want what's best for Australian boxing. Uh, Jeff, I did... I very much respect all, say you. I used to watch all of your fights when you fought, uh, loved them, just loved your tenacity, your courage, and, you know, your work ethic. I just admired that greatly. You know, you were a high-volume fighter. You gave it everything you had, every fight, and uh, I respect that immensely. I hate seeing what I don't like to see, and I think we all should work together, is let's not try and run down, you know, people, the, the tall poppy syndrome, you know, and it was frustrating to me the other night, at the end of this fight, you know, to see the focus on the, the decision in the corner and I'm thinking, let's talk about the fight or Tim Zhu and his career and it was sort of a bit disappointing and I think it's not good for boxing. We all have our reasons hmm. and people just don't understand all of those reasons. Yeah. All right. It's been wonderful to talk to you, Thank you so much, and Glenn. We really appreciate it, mate. It's, yeah, it was a big ask to come on, but yeah, um, yeah you've, you've handled yourself really Anytime. well and we, and we really appreciate it. Um, I guess the last Always question, here, would you be interested to uh, co-train Brock Jarvis? Uh, I'll send him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send just doing amazing, uh, amazing. I'll send him down for a couple of months with him. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, you know, ben. I wish you every Thanks, success ben. with him, Jeff. He's a wonderful young boxer. You're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, I just wish uh, – I wish – look, we've got some great trainers and great boxers in Australia, yeah. and I just want to work together with them all. And uh, as I said, uh, you know, I'm here for the sport. I'm here for the guys. And, yeah, it's not because I don't care. Like, I'm some sort of uh, guy that doesn't give a shit. If people understood. And if they really understood the relationship Jeff and I have, you know, I just want the best for him and, and – and I've tried to do everything I can, both in the ring and out of the ring, and managing him to make sure he does have a very comfortable retirement. And I'll keep doing that. And if he finds the hunger again, if it is there and it comes back, rest assured I'll be right by his side. Good on you, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, everybody. Don't Cheers forget now. to subscribe, Standing 8, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.